today, Sally's taking us around Australia. To start off with, we're looking at some Indigenous experiences that you can enjoy and a little bit of outback fun as well. And we're also going to take a look at some new coastal cruises uh, around the Asian area, so around Japan and that sort of thing. Also, the hot deals in the travel marketplace at the moment to NURFM's Talking Travel. And welcome, Sally Lucas, as we're starting to open up within our country. And uh, and so it's really nice to think about some of the really nice things to go and see. And we're... Well, you tell us. <laughs> well, before I tell you that, Jane, I got very excited a few moments ago. A little thing came up that I was looking at on a on the computer to say, Lord Howe Island is opening from today. So how exciting is that? One of my favourite places on earth. Now, that's for all tourism um, or everybody, not just restricted to returning people. Don't know yet. I haven't had a chance to see whether all resorts are open. Obviously, that's something that would have to be looked into. But certainly the island is open. Excellent news. Great news. Now, this is about uh, Indigenous experiences, and this was an article I actually kept from about three months ago that I was reading in one of the travel supplements, and it's about the 10 best Indigenous experiences that you can involve yourself in in Australia. And they are from as far as Queensland, you know, to the Red Centre, to the New South Wales Blue Mountains even as well. So, you know, some are closer to home. Um, Now, there's one here as a company called RT Tours in the uh, Alice Springs area, and it's a local Arenti man called Bob Taylor. And he takes you through the McDonald Ranges for a traditional Indigenous dinner under night skies. And he's actually an Indigenous chef, and he prepares a three-course meal cooked in a traditional earth oven while you enjoy sunset drinks. And then after dinner, you go for a walk under torchlight to discover what creatures come out after the dark in the desert, in the desert, in the desert, and listen to Dreamtime stories as well while learning more about what the stars mean to Aboriginal people. Well, that sounds like a really all-round experience, doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Sounds wonderful, actually. Um, now, also, there's a celebration by the Yolngu, Y-O-L-N-G-U, Yolngu people in northeast Arnhem Land at the Gama Festival, which is held just outside Nullumbi on the Gove Peninsula, which is about a 1,000 kilometres east of Darwin. Now, over four days every August, they do language workshops, astronomy tours, arts and crafts workshop, ancient storytelling to better understand the ways of Australia's indigenous people and each day they again um, end up with traditional dances in a ceremony that runs from 4 p.m. to sunset so that's something wonderful you could do there and the Tiwi Islands which is a two and a half hour ferry ride from the top of Darwin you can go there and go to Bathurst Island as well Um, they all indigenous people live on these islands totally so you get to meet go to an art center meet local artists on Bathurst Island which is world famous for its carvings and textile designs and of course they have the biggest day ever is the AFL or the keen AFL supporters for grand final day and they produce some of Australia's best indigenous AFL stars um, down a bit further south you've got Catherine Gorge where Nipmaluk is one of the most sacred sites in the Northern Territory and it's quite easily accessible just east of Catherine or three hours drive south of Darwin. You can do cruises throughout the day or you can do sunset cruises and again these are operated by Indigenous locals and you can stay in Indigenous owned accommodation from campgrounds to a five star cicada 
Lodge, so that's something lovely to do as well. And, of course, Kakadu itself. I mean, Kakadu is just is wonderful. There's so much you can do there, Norlangi Rock, Ubir Rock, all the wonderful experiences you can do there, and there's a lovely centre you can go to there as well, and that's fantastic. But we also have one in the Blue Mountains, a walkabout you can do in the Blue Mountains, which is following an ancient songline in the earth into the National Park where you discover ceremonial sites, rock art, etc., and you're going through some wonderful rainforests and secret sandstone caves, even swimming in billabongs and underwater falls. Wow. Not in winter, I wouldn't think, Jane. Summer could be the time to go. It could be. Around the season, yes. (laughs) And, of course, in in Queensland, we do have some there when that opens up as well. So you've got the Laura Dance Festival, and, of course, that's um, on your way going up towards Cape York, and that takes place um, there for a weekend of song and dance, and that goes in um, the 2021. It's going to be July 2 to 4. And visitors are actually allowed to join in. For the past 30 years, they let you become part of that festival. Um, You can also do walkabout adventures through the Daintree area. That's another one that's available. And that's fabulous when you think we've got the oldest form of cycad in the world. The rainforests and everything in the Daintree are just wonderful. So you actually go there. The company is 100% Aboriginal owned and they only have 11 people. Um, That's walkabout adventures in the Daintree. And you can do a half or four day cultural adventures there. Um, And yeah, and then there's also a park, a 10-hectare site just outside Cairns, been running since 1987, and it's the largest Indigenous employer of any Aboriginal tourism enterprise in the country. Mm. And it's founded by theatre artists and members of the Jabbajay clan, and it's an interesting insight into Aboriginal ways of the area with dance shows, interactive historical displays, art shows, a restaurant serving traditional bush tucker, etc., etc. So there's plenty to see and do that if you would love to be more informed on our original people of this country. So just consider that as something lovely you can experience. And gets you to some wonderful places. Doesn't it ever. And if you are hoping to go and see Elvis, uh, the sites that are sacred to Elvis, I suppose, we might say in America, probably not next year, Sally Lucas. Uh, but we do have our own Elvis we Festival. We do have our own, and it always looks incre- incre- incredibly interesting to me when they all head out to parks from Central Station. On the train. Yeah, on the train. So you've got that as a moment. But yes, I mean, international travel as far as long-distance international travel, with the exception of maybe you know the Trans-Tasman Bubble Pacific may be opening up, I think it's going to be quite a while. And, and not just because of COVID itself, but because of the infrastructure that has to come back into place. The pilots being retrained, the plane having to be resurfaced. It's just so much got to happen. It just can't happen overnight. So I, I think Alan Joyce said some months ago, even he thought July would be the very earliest and that it might even go beyond that. But I mean, maybe even the following year. Yeah, well, that's right. It could even be that. So we've just got to hang tight and um, remain in our wonderful own country for a lot longer so we can experience it. But having said that, I'm moving out of our lovely country just for a moment um, to let you know that coming up next year, uh, 2021, in September, two very new interesting cruise itineraries have been put forward, first time doing these areas by Lindblad Expeditions and National Geographic. Now, there's a 14-day and a 15-day cruise. The They're both going in September next year. One's sailing the East China Sea, Japan, Okinawa and Taiwan. 
And Taiwan's had incredible success with their COVID and their whole medical system there, and it's a beautiful country to visit, as Jane will, I think, Indeed, agree. agree. Um, a lot of people don't know a lot about Taiwan, but it has incredibly beautiful mountains and lakes, and you know, Taipei is a wonderful city, of course, in itself. But the yes, this one here, the first one, for example, starts in Osaka and goes on to Kobe, and then down to Okayama, Kurashima, um, all around the the islands of Japan called Naoshima, Shodoshima. Uh, Miyajima, which was famous, of course, in the war, Hiroshima, uh, Shikoko Island, Yakushima Island, and so on. Many, many islands. And it's, and eventually ends up going through into the port of Keelung, which is the port for Taipei in Taiwan. So, yeah, I just think this is really interesting. You're getting to see some wonderful places. And even in Japan, people think of it as just this, you know, incredibly, populated country, which it is, it's the largest, still the most populated city in the world is Tokyo. But around these islands of Japan, the snorkeling, the clarity of the waters, etc. Just have a Google and have a look one day. There's more to Japan than we've got Mount Fuji, we've got ski resorts, we've got all sorts of wonderful things, but they also have beautiful water around the islands as well. Now, the other one is called Japan Imperial Dynasties and Modern Culture. And this one is starting where you actually fly into Tokyo and start there. And then you go on to the wonderful old uh, part of Japan called Kanazawa, which is quite interesting. So it's a very in-depth tour through all the ancient areas of Japan, again, including like Nagasaki, Kagoshima, Yakushima Islands, we've mentioned before, and some of those other islands that I mentioned. But it's mainly all of Japan, its imperial dynasties and its modern culture. So just two very new itineraries that you can consider in, uh, hopefully, our cruising will start up again next year. But I'm, And they've all got these days, Jane, these various we've mentioned before, flexible deposits, be able to transfer to a later date if it has to be deferred, etc. So in one respect, it's, it's a good time to book if you want to secure your spot on something because you've got more flexibility, which is wonderful. So just keep that in mind. To a new RFM, we are talking travel, Sally Lucas. It's hot deals time and there are some. And there are some, and Optimistic, this is sort of some of them, aren't well, they? <laughs> yeah, well, this is sort of not so much a hot deal, but just a wonderful thing that happened about the end of August, after the longest hiatus in its 90-year history, the GAN finally set off again from Adelaide for Darwin. And the lovely thing about this when I was reading this article was that, and they suspended their journeys back in about March, sorry, just to let you know, so it's been a five-month break. But among the passengers on its first trip was a 90-year-old Adelaide resident, Edward Dowsett, who was born in the same year the GAN commenced operations. How gorgeous oh, is that? That's so synchronous. Yeah, he travelled on it when he worked as a stockman in Udnadatta, but back then the train terminated Alice Springs, so now he's excited because he was able to finish the run to Darwin for the first time. So what a wonderful thing for that man to do. It would have been fantastic. So in response, of course, to COVID-19, they've got a Journey Safe safe program, which has been introduced on the GAN. Guests will be allocated set times to access meals and lounge areas, temperature checks in Darwin and Adelaide, and all guests will have access to private en-suites. So that's a nice time to travel, isn't it? You're all going to get your private ensuite. So um, with border restrictions still in place, all guests are still required to complete border crossing entry permits online 72 hours before departure. 
and authorities will board the train to confirm guest details at the border. So, yes, and they're not opening up, obviously, to all areas yet. It's only to people that are still COVID sort of free or not in the hotspot regions, of course, as well. But at least there we go. I mean, let's hope that if West Australia ever opens its borders, we might even end up having the Indian Pacific running again. Ah, yes, yes. Which would be nice, but at least the Great Southern and so on. But anyway, we've got one lovely train journey that you can still do, so that's... Fantastic. Excellent. Now, um, we have got some packages that have started to come out with the opening up of the Northern Territory, etc. So um, these are Jetstar have um, has got direct services into Uluru. So you can get lovely packages there um, to travel sort of between now and the end of November. Just to give you an idea, this is from under $400 per person twin share for your flights to Uluru and two nights accommodation. Mm, no. Now, mm. it's a good time, I'd say it'll it, be to hard. Be it's probably going to be booking out mm. quick smart for you to, to get the deals. But wow, if you can get one, now would be the time to do it. And remember, it's a dry heat, so don't panic too much about the heat. If it was Darwin, I'd say forget it. Wait till it's... <laughs> yeah, I'm getting onto the build-up there with Darwin. And well, November is anyway, and it gets particularly horribly hot but yeah and look even right up to sales in the desert to more upmarket resorts they've still got deals there from under five hundred dollars per person even and that's four and a half to five stars so it's a good mm. time to be going there um also we've got um offers for the kimberley for 2021 where they're having bonus offers if you book a 10 night cruise or longer from Broome or darwin or kananara you get a free night's uh, accommodation backed in with that with a lot of the a variety of the cruise companies um apt have started ready again for when um, the states open up. This is for December through to March next year because Tasmania is due to open up on the 1st of December. It's a 12-day walking holiday, which would be lovely. It's uh, six days walking, three on Bruni, three at the Bay of Fires. Pick your own fresh oysters from the sea at Bruni, gourmet meals, Tasmanian wines throughout. Um, And then you've got lovely accommodation at the Henry Jones Art Hotel in Hobart and the Siebel in Launceston. Fabulous itinerary if you're interested in doing that. It's a lovely part of Tassie. And there's also one doing the Queensland Scenic Rim and Sunshine Coast. As we've heard today, they're due to open on the 1st of November. So that's also... April to July next year, which would be a lovely time, obviously, to go into Queensland as well. And that's another walking holiday, doing that wonderful scenic rim, which uh, you do out around Spices Hidden Vale, going about uh, southwest of Southwest, am I right? Yes, southwest of Brisbane. Um, and you're staying in eco cabins and a restored farmhouse. You're doing walks in rainforest mountains. Each walking day, you uh, end with a um, hearty gourmet meal, drinks, etc. And also luxury accommodation at Spices Peak Lodge, which has a hatted restaurant. So there's mm. some lovely things to consider doing. And one's up your sleeve, Jane. <laughs> oh, yes. Galapagos. Ah, yes. So a seven-day expedition aboard a wonderful intimate yacht-scaled expedition ship, which only takes a maximum of 48 guests, getting you up close and personal with the wonderful wildlife of the Galapagos. Again, this is with National Geographic and Lindblad are doing this. So you're starting from Guayaquil in, in Ecuador, um, where you have um, accommodation there before you're taken across, of course, to Galapagos and joining your cruise. And that's a wonderful thing to do there. And they've got a heap of departures um, starting at the end of this year. Presumably, we won't have that because this is for the rest of the world as well. But I mean, for us, that probably won't be happening now until the second half of next year but they've got departures right through to the end of 2022 Mm -hmm. so you can really book early on that Um, you just need an advance payment of $750 and again lots of flexible conditions on that as well 
And just lastly, Jane, time to celebrate. We've been talking about um, South Australia opening up and, of course, the wonderful Kangaroo Island. We know it suffered so much through those bushfires, but they all would love to have you back in support of there. Um, the Sealink Ferry Service have put on a new Kangaroo Island Sip and See Day Tours. So even if you're just in Adelaide, you can go across for a day or you can do a two-day tour as well. I mean, obviously, you can go and stay there longer than that. But if you haven't got the time to do that or have your own vehicle or want to do a, a longer tour, at least you can get over there by ferry and do a day or a two-day trip and still be putting a bit of money back into the community, which they desperately need. So. And things are becoming a lot more flexible, the offerings. That's right. Yes, that's that's the big ways. thing, I think. Mm. There really is. So don't feel too, you know, fearful of the fact that oh, I might lose my money or something's going to go wrong. Mm. They're all being very flexible with this now because they just really desperately want, want you back. And flexibility with what they're offering. So some yes. new ideas coming out. and Which uh, is good. That is good. Yeah. And thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. We will talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.